ובשושן הבירה, הרגו היהודים לעבד חמש מיוסיש, ויש פרשנטוסה וסטלפון וספסה ויש פרוסה וסטלדה וסרדסה וסממש וסריסאי וסרדאי וסרדסה אסרס בני חלמן, בן חמדוסה, צורר היהודים הרגו ובביזלו שלחו אז ידם Welcome back to Who Knows, here at the Database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisberg, and on this special Purim edition of the Shir, I'm going to tell you ten surprising facts about the Aseris Bnei Helman, the ten sons of Helman. I just gave you their names, but now we're going to learn a little bit more about them. Starting with fact number ten, we're going to go from the, the bottom to the top, topsy-turvy, v'nahafachu, in the spirit of Purim. Also, I'm going to try as much as possible to rate them by levels of surprisingness. So we'll start off with fact number ten, which is a fact which you are probably familiar with, and that is the idea that they were hanged slashed killed simultaneously, which is why we have the minhag of reading them all in one breath as much as possible. And what's interesting is the Mishnah Bura of Hashem Chayodim brings down that really, although we have the custom, or many shuls have the custom, of everyone reading the Aseris Bnei Haman, really it's meant for the Baal Kriya to be reading it, and the post can discuss why it would be that other people would read it as well, perhaps because there, it was just a mistake in the Minhag, maybe it was because um, of the possibility that either noise used to be made um, by when we when we announce the names of the assessment of Haman as well, just like we make noise for Haman, so we make noise for his sons as well. And because of that, maybe people didn't get to hear all the names, so we got to say them ourselves for one reason or another, or maybe because of the fact that we say them so quickly. So maybe there's a concern that not everyone's going to actually hear the Aseris Bnei Haman. So Post can discuss the different reasons, but they all stem from the fact that there is the minhag of reading them all in one breath. Now the question is, how exactly did they die? So with fact number nine, it's actually machlokas between the Tosus and the Rambam as to how they died. Because if you read the Megillah, you read it through, it seems like their death is recorded twice. First it says that they were killed, and then later we see that Esther asks Achashverosh to hang them. So you can assume perhaps some sort of Ein Muktam Mukhar um, and suggest that really the way they died was that they were hanged. And so, of course, um, in this Machlokas says in the Rambam, one of the opinions is that indeed they were, um, they were hanged and that's how they died. However, Tosu says no, they were actually killed, they were slaughtered by the sword originally, and then Esther um, had requested that their bodies would be hanged afterwards. So that is fact number nine, the Machlokas of how it was that they died. Then we get to fact number eight. Um, the Gemara tells us that all of the shiros in Tanakh, all of the songs in Tanakh are written with staggered brick style, meaning the words, um, they are broken apart and they are staggered in a way that looks like bricks, the way you would put bricks together. You would have two bricks and then there's one on top in the middle of where, where, the, where the, two, the two bricks underneath combine. You have one brick on top. And then on, that, on top of that, you'll have two bricks again so that the bricks are staggered. So those are normally arranged that way. Um, bricks are normally arranged that way so that they don't fall over. However, says the Gemara in, in Megillah, although all shiros are a straight stack of bricks, when it comes to, oh sorry, when um, they're normally staggered, when it comes to the Aseris Bnei Haman and the Malchei Kenan, if you look in, in Sefer Yehoshua, when it talks about Yehoshua conquering the kings, so there, and by the Aseris Bnei Haman, they are stacked one brick on top of the other. And the reason is that these Malchei Kenan, the kings of Kenan, and of course the Aseris Bnei Haman, they would topple over and they would never rise up again. Now we get to fact number seven. 
at the Vav in the word Vayazasa, or the name Vayazasa, one of the Aseris Bnei Hamon. So this was a, um, a it's a long, it's, a, it's an elongated Vav. And the reason is, says the Gemara, to suggest that they were all hanged on one pole, on the gallows that they were hanged on. Now we get up to fact number six. Now this one perhaps is not so shocking, but it will be relevant to what we're going to say afterwards. But fact number six is that the Aseris Bnei Hamon actually had a sister, we don't know how many other girls there were in the family, but we are familiar with one girl, as the Medrash tells us, that she wanted to pour the garbage on Mordechai, and she thought that Mordechai was the, uh, was the one that was leading the, the horse, and that, Achish, that, and that, that Haman was riding on Achashverosh's horse. And of course, we know Venahafachu was the opposite, and so when she takes her, her, her trash can of waste and excrement and whatever garbage she was going to spill out, she ended up spilling it out on Haman, and of course, when she found out that it was Haman, she fell out the window or jumped out the window and died, and um, which uh, brings a very uh, a different dimension to the story. And uh, you know, the only thing that, can, that Haman and, and Zeresh can talk about afterwards is the fact that Haman's going to fall if he's not careful. Very interesting twist on the story, but be that as it may, there was a sister involved in the family. And the question is, um, well, were there any other siblings? So that brings us to fact number five. Fact number five is the Aseris B'nai Haman were not even Aseris. There weren't only ten B'nai Haman. But the Gemara says that really, there, one opinion at least, is that there were 30 B'nai Haman, and there are only, Aser, there are only ten of them, only Asara that are counted who, kill, who were killed in our, in our story. Um, and um, and what, were, what was the significance of these ten? We'll talk about that in a moment. But the Gemara records 30 sons of Haman, um, 10, which, uh, 10 who died, perhaps earlier in the story, 10 who begged for mercy and perhaps were granted it, and then the 10 that we know that were hanged. The 10 that were hanged, um, were the, they were each leaders of their own battalion, and they perhaps ha- had contributed more into, in terms of tormenting the Bnei Israel or threatening the Bnei Israel, and um, these were the 10 that died. So fact number 5 is that there, in fact, were more than 10 Bnei Haman. Fact number 4 is the alternative suggestion in the Gemara that there weren't 30, but there were actually 208. 208 B'nai Haman. They get this from the word rove, right? Because the Megillah refers to the children of Haman as the rove B'nai Haman, right? We are rove banav, which we are familiar with from Mo's sore, rove banav v'kinyanav al-eitz talisa. So since there were rove, the gematria of rove is 208. And according to this opinion, there were actually 70 children of Haman who ended up begging for mercy and begging for, for and running around begging for um, any kind of support, any kind of um, perhaps money that they needed. Then we get out to fact number three. Fact number three focuses on ten of the, our Bnei Haman that um, we um, that we just uh, referred to their their deaths. So these ten Bnei Haman are actually perhaps one of the bases for a minhag that we have in a month from now. Namely, putting out the ten pieces during Bedikas Chametz, the Sefer Matamim brings in the name of the base Aaron a minhag to put out ten pieces for Bedikas Chametz. And why? Because these are perhaps a reference to the Aseris Bnei Haman, who apparently were killed, might have been on the 13th of Nisan when we do Bedikas Chametz. And what's interesting is if we assume that the, the minhag of destroying ten pieces particularly um, has anything to do with the Aseris Bnei Haman. Haman is connected to Amalek, who is connected to the Eight Sarhara, 
And we know that Chomet is connected to the Eight Sahara. The Ten Pieces might be an extension of that. And our Badika looking for the Eight Sahara in our lives, the Sar Shabisa, to get rid of it. So the Aseris Ben Helman would be one step on that in, on that mission. Now we get to fact number two, and that is the fact that the, that's brought down the Gemara Sanhedrin on Zaf, the Tzadi Vav of that there were ten Bnei Haman who actually learned in Bnei Brak. They did Shuva and they came back, and they even they even came Yidden, and they learned in Bnei Brak, and that's pretty awesome. The final fact, and well, this will be fact number one, and the fact that perhaps you're you're familiar with, but it is still shocking enough. The fact of Purim Fest, 1946. We know that um, that there was this story um, later in history um, during uh, the Nuremberg um, trials regarding the um, regarding the Nazis who were being tried, and very strangely, one of the Nazis at the end he made reference to this Purim Fest, 1946, and that corresponded to the Jewish year, the Torah calendar year of Tuf Shin Zion, 5707. Now, why is that significant? Because if you look in the Aser Helman, you'll find that some of the letters are smaller, namely a Tuf, a Shin, and a Zion. And nonetheless, when, uh, when one, of the, um, one of the Nazis, Julius uh, Streicher, or Streicher, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but Yomachshim of Zichro, anyway, his name should be erased, just like we want to have a Mechia of a Malaika himself. So... Just before he was about to be hanged, he declared Purim Fest 1946. Those were among his last words, if not his last words, before they before they hanged him. Uh, like a hidden reference to what's beferish almost in the Megillah when you take those three letters and you just find out what calendar year that is. An incredible Ashkacha Pratis, where even our our Goyesha enemies were aware of the significance of Hashem's miracles, the Yad Hashem behind the Nisim of Purim. It's incredible to see um, uh, it come to real life in, in, in a contemporary time, which is really what the miracle of Purim is about, realizing that even in a time of, of Hester Panim, where we don't see all the Hashkach Pratis in front of our faces necessarily, where we don't see open miracles, but then every now and then we get a glimmer of that Hashkach Pratis and you see it, and when you do and you catch it, then you say, wow, I have to call it out and make a Persime Nisa, a publicity, a publication, a broadcast, an advertisement of that miracle, because this is clearly the Yad Hashem, and what, what, what else can we do but acknowledge it? If there are any additional interesting facts about the Aseris Pnei Haman that I didn't mention here that you think deserve a shout-out, then you can reach out to me at the database at gmail.com. That's the data than base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. Same place to reach out if you have questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or you want to join the database podcast WhatsApp group for links for the uploaded sheer and for updates and for the lists and of archived sheer that are streaming for, from week to week. Also, if you want to partner with us here at the database with a sponsorship, then all you have to do, once again, is reach out to me at the database at gmail.com, the data then base, at gmail.com. But until next time, have an absolutely freilichen good of Purim. And at this point, have an absolutely wonderful Shabbos. And thank you for joining us here at the database.